Hey you guys, Quick and Out MMA Podcast, episode four coming at you tonight. I have some very special guests. They are actually two Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts who have been training in the sport for decades. Uh, they brought a lot to the table and they've got a lot of experience and it was nice to just be able to sit down and get some insight from them. So please welcome to the show, Professor Mike Geary, Professor Leonard Butch White. Enjoy. Hey guys, here we are with the Quigan Out MMA Podcast. This is episode four. I have the great pleasure of being joined by two Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts, uh, Professor Leonard Butch White and Professor Mike Geary, who are also my professors. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks a lot, Matt. So I brought you both on here just because, you know, talking with Professor Mike, really got the idea to kind of talk about what jiu-jitsu means to you. So I kind of want to start with you, Professor Butch, and how you got started in jiu-jitsu and what it's done for your life and how it's changed your life. Well, let me let me back it up a little bit. Before, I've been in martial arts now since 1984. So I actually it was the summer of the original Karate Kid um, <laughs> is when I got in Involved. That's how I always remember. It was the summer of the karate kid, and I, I grew up in Ocala, Florida. Uh, I started uh, taking karate more or less because I had nothing else to do. Um, I was sitting on the couch, not doing anything. I mean, I played sports. I played soccer. I played baseball. But really, during the summer in Florida back in the '80s, there was nothing. You know, not like it is today, where you have travel sports. Uh, you know, you play soccer all year round or you play baseball all year round. So really everything was seasonal back then. And there was nothing to do in the summer other than, you know, ride your bike around the neighborhood more or less. So in order to kind of get me off the couch, my brother worked uh, at Publix grocery store and he saw an advertisement stuck on the wall for, uh, the summer special $99 for three months of karate, um, um, practice or at the karate school and in ocala at the time there was more or less one karate school and that was the florida school of jiu-jitsu and karate Mm -hmm. and it was uh they taught uh japanese shoren karate and they taught japanese jiu-jitsu so i started in the kids class and you know make a long story short i stuck with it I mean, uh, you know, how a lot of the karate schools and a lot of martial arts schools do contracts and different things like that. My mother never did that. She paid month to month. And, uh, you know, 30s coming up on 36 years later, uh, I'm still in martial arts. How I got involved in jujitsu, my wife and I met in college at the University of Central Florida. And I was I moved to Orlando in 92. Actually, you know, everything has kind of a date to it. You know, my starting in in karate was the summer of the Karate Kid. Well, I moved to Orlando the the August or the couple days right when Hurricane Andrew was coming through. So I, uh, yeah, that's the 92 is when I started, I moved to Orlando. Well, I kind of transferred karate schools, but different karate styles, but I, I got involved in karate down there. And uh, I, I was through college. I took karate. And then when I, uh, my wife and I, we moved to Michigan. And when we moved back, I got involved with my same karate instructor uh, uh, that, in Orlando. But when we started having 
kids, we want to be a little bit closer to her family. And she grew up in Palm Harbor. So we were driving past in Dunedin, um, in Dunedin. And where Eduardo was at was right at the Dunedin Taekwondo Center. And I actually had seen Marcio Simmons and Sergio Pena had opened up their school in downtown Orlando, right across the street from East West martial arts supply on uh on colonial drive mm -hmm. so that's, i was like you know what and, teacher, and right? Mike... sorry to interrupt butch that's matt yes. murphy's teacher sergio yeah. pinus right yeah 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 bill murphy yeah bill murphy's but that's back when both him and marcio were teaching together down yeah. there in orlando so and mike can probably attest to this too is you know back years ago you didn't just go train with another instructor there was loyalty to to your training you know uh, it's not like it is today where people jump from school to school or you know or you know the only time you really switched instructors per se was when you moved that was it other than that you yep uh, you know uh, or unless they gave you the permission to do it mm -hmm. so or you quit I, uh, <laughs> or you quit but but you didn't quit to go to another school you kind of quit and then you may get involved in martial arts after that. But it, it was a little bit more in depth than that, at least in my mind. But when my wife and I started having kids, we wanted to raise the kids closer to her family. And I'm like, listen, I said, uh, if we moved over to Dunedin, which we moved to Dunedin, Clearwater area, I said, I'm taking jujitsu. And Eduardo was there. And I already scoped out the situation. <laughs> I already knew exactly where I was going. And uh, and that's kind of how I got involved with Eduardo. I started with Eduardo July 1st of 2002 uh, and been in jiu-jitsu ever since. And back when, and, and I mean, Eduardo was a first degree black belt. Yeah, first degree. No, it was belt. no degree. It wasn't and, even a first yet. And we had maybe, no, I think. I know I have a picture with him that has a first degree on, it, it? on okay. his belt. So he might have been, he might have just made, uh, but we had maybe, maybe 20, 20 students. And actually right? the, the best thing about it was mm -hmm. we had a board where everybody, he had everybody's handwritten name. And when you paid your dues in the month, he kind of like put a little Check red X or if you didn't pay your dues, put a little red dot by mm -hmm. your name. Oh That's God. how, you know, so, so we, we had maybe, uh, we, we know who had oh, yeah. that. And it was like, you owe me money. You owe me money. so-and-so hasn't paid. <laughs> yeah. So, but I've been, and then I've been, so I've been in jiu-jitsu since 2002, uh, pretty continuous. I mean, there were a couple times when I took a few months off here and there, but uh, other than that, I've been, I've been good to go since that time and like you said you know currently you're a you're a one stripe black belt yes i am i i got my black belt well actually both mike and i and i'll i'll, I'll tell them we actually just celebrated our eight years as black belts yep. uh we got our black belt in 2000 uh 2012 um uh, after the pan ams that year we we ended up getting a getting our black belts and we just actually had our anniversary. We got it in April here a couple weeks ago. Um, but overall, I mean, jujitsu, I, I, I mean, overall to me, 
what jujitsu has done for my life is just, I mean, it gives me, I wouldn't say it gives me purpose, but it does. I enjoy going and training. I, for, for as bad as I get beat up sometimes, or as bad as I feel like when I get out of my car after training, like I can't move, I can't wait to get back and go the next day. And, um, you know, if I, if I'm away for it too long, my, my family is even like, you need to go to the gym. You need to go, you need to go train. You need to get out of the house. And really, I kind of, I kind of say, because really my family's not involved in it. This is truly my alter ego is, is my jujitsu training and my martial arts training. It's, it's like my own little world that nobody else gets involved in. Well, that and when you put on your mariachi mask. <laughs> well, that too. I, I swear I thought he was going to bring it out well, right there. Well, I, have a, I, have I was wondering too. When he said alter ego, I'm like, up oh, here he comes. A, I have a couple different alter egos. I, I, I can even do my Bernie Sanders impression if you want me to. Uh, oh, God. I can do I I have a lot of personas. Well, and. Nobody's but really judging you. Question. Nobody's really judging you in jujitsu. Oh no. <laughs> no, then they have to roll with me, so this is true. <laughs> We've been there. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously that's that's quite the journey and I feel like Professor Mike Years is gonna be quite similar but um different at the same time. So talk about like yeah. how you started and so uh, it's very similar to Butch. I think Butch has more con more consistent years of training overall in martial arts than I do. I um I, my earliest memory of of being interested in martial arts is watching old episodes of Kung Fu with David Carradine with my uncle. Yes. And I remember, even as a little boy, I wanted to. I was drawn to it. I was I was drawn to the spiritual nature of it. I liked. I really thought. You know, when I I would watch it, the lessons of Buddhism that they were teaching in the show that they were they were and were, they were genuine lessons of Buddhism. Mm -hmm. You know, this to me at an early age, I'm like, wow. You know, this the, these priests are really nice. They care about people. They care about everybody. But then they can kick ass too and do all these magical things. Mm -hmm. So I was always interested in martial arts. Um, I started training with. Um, uh, John and Cindy Ingram, when I was like seven or eight years old for about three years, like like eight to 11, right around there, um, at the first at the downtown Main Street in Newport Ritchie School, and then over at Ritchie, uh, the Ritchie Rec Center. Oh, wow. John and, Cindy, John and Cindy had, yeah, this was like in 78, 79, something like that, you know, really, really early. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a couple pictures of me wearing an orange belt with a little karate uniform and stuff like that. And then, then I, you know, I got out of it. My parents couldn't afford it anymore. I, you know, who knows what happened? But I, I had always continued to train. And then I moved to St. Louis in thirty. At sorry, at thirteen, still hadn't gotten involved in anything for a long time until about eighteen. I got involved in Aikido again. And then I started really falling in love with with this martial art called Aikido. I was in and out of a couple of Aikido schools because, again, at 18, I didn't have a whole lot of money. Nobody was helping me. And then I finally got back to Aikido, God, like 21. And I just was I was going to chiropractic school at the same time or the beginnings of chiropractic school, and I just dove into it. 
and fell in love with Aikido, fell in love with the, the Japanese culture <clears throat> and the, the movement and the weapons work and, you know, also kind of at the time drank a lot of the, the initial Aikido Kool-Aid. Uh, <laughs> Um, but fortunately, as I came up in my martial arts, I had a couple of really good friends that we used to practice uh, Japanese sword work together. Um, Scott, uh, uh, Scott Schnur, it was a 20-year veteran of Wing Chun martial arts. And Scott would talk to me about things in, in Aikido, um, in movements, in, in the, the big circles that Aikido used versus the smaller circles that Wing Chun used. And it sort of opened my eyes to other martial arts. And then also during that time, um, we saw... <laughs> also during that time, you saw... Um, that was the beginning of the UFC. I remember one of my Aikido instructors telling me, like, man, there are these family in Brazil that, you know, can beat anybody. Now, you know, at the time... Um, you know, Steven Seagal was still pretty popular, and he was putting, a, you know, two or three students in every Aikido school across the world. And so we were like, oh, that's great, but Steven Seagal still kicks butt. And then you started hearing more and more and more. And I was in Aikido when we, when we watched the very first UFC. And we were all like, whoa. And a funny story, I went down to Curitiba, Brazil, with my sensei at the time, Larry Reynosa, who was a senior student under Seagal. Um, he was part of the Northern California Aikido, uh, Aikido Association. Seagal came back from Japan, I think, in 86, something like that. Mm -hmm. And he met Larry Reynosa at a, at a big California meeting between a, a lot of uh, high-ranking Aikido guys. And they got to talking, and this guy changed and went and studied under Seagal. So I practiced under that group for a long time, which was – more intense Aikido than the normal Aikido that was out there. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's a lot of controversy that's, that, that surrounds Steven Seagal, but his earlier days in Aikido, he was, he was quite something um, in terms of his movement and his ability. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the Aikido that we practiced was, was pretty, pretty decent stuff. I mean, it was very straightforward. Very, it was considered harder Aikido than other Aikido, though not as hard as the Aikido that Butch is studying now. They they Correct. take it another another step further. The um, Goshen Aikido. Yep. But we no went to <laughs> we went to Kudachiba for a seminar for a jujitsu for a for an Aikido seminar. Check this out. We did it in Kudachiba at their main jujitsu academy. Oh I remember I, yeah, I've got a I've got a picture somewhere with my my instructor Larinosa standing with his arm around uh, a cutout like guy in a kimono from Bad Boy Kimonos. Remember those? Oh, yeah, 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 really cool. And 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 at the the very last day, I remember Sensei was showing how to stop people from coming in a double leg and stuff like that. And there were a couple of the jujitsu guys watching. They were being very respectful. I don't recall them like saying no and stuff. You know, like they're watching, but. I, as this is going on, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know that we want to be talking about this stuff. <laughs> Let's just focus on what we focus on. But, um, but then I had some life changes, and I, I left Aikido, um, moved to Florida, and I was going to get back into Aikido again because I was missing martial arts. I was missing it tremendously. And uh, instead, I, I started doing some, some – uh, 
our, our sort of uh, secret training with James Donor with Ragnar at our work. We started having a fight club at work. And and I, I, I went back to Missouri. I was living here in Florida. I, I, I got a job that was traveling and stuff like that. So I just started training at, at different jiu-jitsu places and then eventually found Eduardo's uh, probably about a, oh, February of 2003, I think. Hmm. So Butch was in July and, and, and because I remember, Butch, you were there already. And I started, and then Rich Plate started right around the same time. We started yeah. around, around the same time together at the Dunedin School. I'd actually yeah, gone to Eduardo's, uh, I almost want to say a year and a half or two years before that, over at his house. But then I got a job traveling. <laughs> I was doing IQ work, and I would leave Monday morning on a flight, and I wouldn't be back till Friday night, and there was no time to train. So... Yeah, I, I've, then he, I've got a couple of stories from, from training in Eduardo's garage. That was, <laughs> oh that was interesting. Jenna, his wife, would come out and she would make us uh, watermelon juice after training and sell it to us for like two bucks. It was delicious. <laughs> We'd be training our butts off in his garage. So, and then, you know, so from, from that time on, I've been in jujitsu. I like how Butch started laughing at the, uh, the garage con concepts no no actually I, I, actually i there were some pictures of eduardo back in it back in the garage uh the garage days i've seen before so yeah he, he yeah. actually when he came actually when he came over from brazil he what had his place down on park boulevard yep. like yep. and then that didn't go so well and then uh he ended up training out at people out of his garage down at yep. Clearwater. And at the time, at the time he was training out of his garage, he was bringing in some of his friends, like Helio Sanaka was there, um, uh, uh, Gordo, the the inventor of the half guard, had brought in. I mean, he was bringing in a lot of these top level Gracie Baja guys that people just really didn't know that well at all. Thanks. Unfortunately, we weren't there at the time. I don't, I didn't yeah. get the experience. Him, but some of our um, higher ranked students that we grew up with, they did. They got to train with these legends of jiu-jitsu besides Eduardo. And yeah. they had no clue. I mean, it, Not and, really. I mean it, Eduardo never really did any seminars when we were in Dunedin because we didn't have any space. I mean, that, I mean, it, no. the, the place at, at Dunedin Taekwondo was just basically like a, a what, like a, a, a little room, it a, more or less. It was tiny. I want to say it was less than a thousand square feet of space. Uh, maybe uh, 500. Uh, less than that, yeah. Yeah, 500 and, square feet, maybe the, six. I mean, the best thing about it was when we trained, you had both doors open, and at night, at night, the guy who lived behind there in the backyard, in the trailer in the backyard, yeah, he would be working on his car, and then he would be smoking. <laughs> he would be smoking, so all the exhaust smoke and cigarette oh, smoke God. would come through the school, which would piss Eduardo off. And then, I mean, and then get guys training. I mean, it, there could only be like maybe three, possibly four groups going at once. Mm -hmm. That's how that's how small it was. And when we did when we did guard pass, it was Eduardo training, and then whoever is top, maybe two or three students, and then there was like maybe five or six of us lined up in the back. Yeah. So yeah. you could only have maximum maybe about twelve people in the school. Yeah, we would, we would at that we time. Would stand, we would stand on the wall and watch everybody, and you know, yeah. make sure people weren't bumping into each other and stuff like that. I mean, but if but then it, if you, you did talk though, 
No, no. Mm -mm. No, he couldn't talk. He started talking and Eduardo being like, hey, hey, there's a black belt on the floor. There's a black belt watching. You you need to be watching, not talking. Oh, it was, it was great. I mean, it, it, we were grown adults paying money, and we got yelled at constantly. Half the time, he was started in, in Portuguese, so we didn't uh, – and he didn't speak very good English at the time either. Yeah, his, his, his accent has always been strong, but it was very strong back then. He, he oh, was yeah. like – he, he would show everything. He would show everything. He didn't talk a lot. He showed, and then he would get frustrated because you he didn't was understand like, what the hell he was saying. that you loved anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, like, he, he would yell at us. And then finally when we got to, like, Purple Belt, he didn't yell at us anymore. As He didn't yell at us as much. And we got to watch the new white belts and blue belts get yelled at, and that was so relieving. Oh, yeah. Oh, was, we would just giggle. We'd laugh. Ha ha, that kid's getting yelled at. He has no clue what he's in for. You know, those kind of. We would come in, and you could hear it in his voice. You'd know. You'd walk into class, and you'd hear him teaching. He's like, oh, someone's pissed him off. Here, it's going to be one of those days. And he would just murder us. Oh, yeah. And then the only other thing was, Eduardo was the best. If you pissed him off, as you got more experience, all he would do is he would yell at you and say, I don't teach you no more. I don't teach you more. You know, <laughs> if you did something wrong, and then and then he would throw it back in your face. If he told you what to do, and you didn't do it, and then you got somehow your opponent got the better of you, he would look at you, and he would basically, you know, with the way his voice projected, I told you, I told you it would happen. I told you what happened. I told you what was going to happen. You didn't listen to me. I don't teach you no more. And what I had like, you're like, oh, like man. 20, 20 different sayings that he would say over the course of the years that we all knew. Oh, oh, now you pay. Now yeah. you pay for your stupidity. That was a good one. That was one of my all-time favorites. Oh, yeah, it was just nonstop. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Like, he couldn't tell us what to do. Do the right thing. I didn't teach you that shit. <laughs> You saw that on YouTube. <laughs> oh, and I hated YouTube. Oh, okay. oh yeah. We weren't, he didn't want us watching YouTube at all. Why you guys watch that shitty YouTube? There's just garbage on there. Blah, 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 blah. Just like your diets. Your diets are all terrible. <laughs> you, Americans, <laughs> you Americans, you all eat like shit. And then if you made a smart, if you made a smart comment, which I did to him one time, about say he would uh, no you would come in on a Saturday and this was over Hercules we would have you know twenty of us twenty five of us on the mats and he would get in and this is before training he would get in all right to everybody on the back wall let's talk about the food that we eat and he would, <laughs> uh, uh, shit we'd sit there and like the twenty minutes of listening to him lecture us on our diet oh shit. No, 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 let's not. And then, and so he would get done. And one, one time I made a smart-ass remark. I said, so Eduardo, I said, so that McDonald's hamburger that I had yesterday while I was at lunch, that doesn't help? Oh, I, don't know why, I don't even know why I talk to you, Butch. You don't, you don't fucking listen to me. I, 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 I don't fucking talk to you no more. <laughs> That's what he would do. Yep. Yep, he cursed at us all the time. What the fuck? I, you know, everyone was a viado. Everybody in the school was a viado. Viado is Portuguese for 
a, a derogatory way of saying someone's a homosexual. But we were all viados. Oh, viado, you fucking don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, you're not doing it right. Well, and it's it's a it was a different time back then. Like, oh, yeah, that wouldn't fly today. Not not in the culture that jujitsu has flourished in. I think would be the better thing. Butch has got something to say. I could see it. Uh, well, I, I you know, I think culture in general, just society and the way it is. I mean, I remember being in karate back in the eighties, and I I mean I I knew I knew of guys Christian. back in. There's Christian, my son. Uh, but I knew guys. I knew Mike was going to be on the first. So I had. To. <laughs> I knew guys back in the '80s that trained in the '70s, and you know, like my karate instructor back in the '60s, like you guys, because we don't. He goes, you guys have it easy now. So every generation has that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I remember being being hit with a kendo stick in karate years ago. I mean, which you know, I, had, I had John, I had John Ingram back kicked me in the chest when I was like eight years old. Oh, yeah. we, were walk, we were walking out of the rec center one night and I was bugging him probably something. I like, what would you do if someone came up behind you or something like that? And he literally back kicked me and I fell on my ass <laughs> on the concrete. Like, <laughs> like that's what I do. <laughs> you know, it was a different time. No, it was. I was in a, I was in a sparring match. I was a yellow belt. So you can imagine it, our belts went white, yellow, orange. So one of the first belts, I was a yellow belt, and I was fighting. And, and uh, one of my main instructors was uh, this guy named Eric Harmon. He's an asshole, but anyway, <laughs> uh, still, I mean, you know, just one of those guys is an asshole. Uh, but he uh, he was my main instructor. He taught the kids class, and he was probably maybe in his mid twenties then and in good shape, and he was a little thicker, but he had one of the best spinning sidekicks I have ever seen. He could time it, and he was just just on. So he spinning sidekicked me one day and threw me across the dojo. We worked out, and probably, Mike, I don't know if you did, but, I mean, because of Ishinru, but we had hardwood floors that we trained on. So, um, I mean, I hit the floor. So, you know, after class, my parents never came in and watched. My, mo- my mom still to this day has never seen me do martial arts. My father, he would watch through the window or <laughs> through the car window and watch. So I get out, and I'm 13 years old, you know, 12, yeah, 12 13 years old. He goes, uh, why did that guy kick you that, that way? I said, well, Dad, you know, he kicked. He goes, you should have kept your guard up. I said, how about you get in and you take the kick from him and you fight him? That didn't go over well either. No. So I mean, you know, but you, but again, nowadays you make too much contact. You, you know, yeah. It's just we didn't wear. Yeah, I mean, you're being mean to my kid. Yeah, you're, you're being, being mean, mean to my being, kid. Oh come on! If we didn't have to wear sparring gear back then, we didn't wear sparring gear. The only time we liked to wear, the only time we really had to wear sparring gear was when we went to tournaments. Other than that, our instructors like uh, Osensei Frazier, he was like, "Are we wearing gear tonight or no?" And he was a and he was a ball buster. He'd punch straight in the balls and not even think twice about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, groin shots were legal. It's yeah, falling it, side you know, kicks. When, if you went up for a roundhouse, he'd kick you in the nuts. When Butch and when Butch and I were in jujitsu, when Eduardo first came back, or oh, when yeah. Eduardo first came to the states, 
you know, and then he'd been here for two years on top of it. We heard stories about his the first grand opening. He had like 30 guys that he, he, he put everyone in their garden, either swept them or broke his arm, you know, like arm barred them. And, you know, what, if you went to Eduardo's school and you got injured and, and you quit, you were a pussy. Oh, yeah. you know, I mean, it was just like the guy, we'd be like, oh, that guy got hurt. He never came back. You know, we've seen a million people come back. He's like, oh, couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, that's how it was. You know, no, it, I mean, and you I know, had that puking out the back from training. Yeah. You know, all the time people were getting sick, blah, you know, and someone would get their arms. It was just a, it was a rough, rough training, but wonderful I mean, training. I mean, when I when I say it in class, I mean when we and I know I've said this before, and I Matt, I don't know if you've been in class during it, but we were meat back then for the old, for the higher rank belts, and and what was uh, maybe a brown belt, possibly a brown belt was the highest rank. You had, Mike thinks Richard Travis was, but I, I don't know. No, I think, I, think I, I think you're right. I I think I you're think right. I think purple belt yeah. was uh, mean. Jeff Semenek had I think just maybe got his purple belt because I know. Joey Best, right when I started, he had just gotten his blue belt. And Joey Best is now the owner of Ybor City Jiu-Jitsu Club. And one and of the I remember, jiu-jitsu practitioners in the area. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I and I remember, I remember Joey was my first training partner. Yep. And I agree. had almost 20 years of, of karate. And I go into Eduardo's. He's like, oh, and, Eduardo, and I was still training for my third degree black belt test when I started jiu-jitsu. I was training in Orlando. I was this, I was a second degree trainer for my third degree, and commuted back and forth for work for some for some things. So he's like, ah, he he knew I what what I knew already, and he goes, Joey, you come over here, and he goes, you get this kid off of you, and I had to get <laughs> Joey off me. It didn't go well, Joey, and, and I'm like, I'm like, fuck, man. I mean, I'm almost a third degree black belt karate. I almost had twenty years of stand up. And I can't get a 130-pound guy off me. And he was like and 19 years old. 19, yeah, I mean, Jeez. Yeah. but still, 130 pounds, maybe yep. soaking wet, because Joey has always been real skinny. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, man, and that's what we were. We were their training partners. You kept your mouth shut, and if you came back over a period of time, people warmed up to you a little bit. And that was over a period of time. And I'm not talking a week or two. I'm talking months. months. You had to stay for months. months. And yeah. you had to take a beating. If you, you cried you or you had like, to like Between four to six months, you had to be training. You know, like after the first couple months, you're like, oh, okay, this person's hanging out. And then if they made it past like the four yeah. to six month, you're like, okay, you know. And then once you see them get the blue and they stay, because we would have guys that quit at blue too. You know, oh, yeah. once you see them stay a little bit after blue, then you're like, all right, this person's going to make it to purple. And if you make it to purple, you're more than likely going to stick it out the rest of the way. Yeah. So, but Butch, Butch talked about Joey Best. I had the same experience with Joey. Joey was the, my training partner, the first, my very first class with Eduardo. And Joey had heard that I, because I think Eduardo asked me and I told him I was a black belt in Aikido. So one of the ways Joey submitted me, I think the first, the first way he submitted me was with a wrist lock. He wrist locked me from inside of his own guard to show me that, hey, we have wrist locks in jiu-jitsu too. I mean, not realizing Aikido is jiu-jitsu as well. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but that was the whole thing. And I remember thinking the same thing as Butch, rolling with this kid. It's 135 pounds, and I couldn't do anything against him. He had leverage on me like you couldn't believe. And it just, yeah. it, it was it. I'm, you know, like, wow, okay, I'm here. This is real. 
And do you feel like that was a driving force to keep you to stay? Like that curiosity of going, how is he doing this? Because at that point, like you said, you had you guys had a lot of experience by that point. Not not for me. Um, I like to train. I've always enjoyed training, and so it was a new martial art, and the newness I liked about it. But I had already been a black belt in the martial arts, and, and Butch was too, so it didn't have any mis mystery to us, like as to why. It, it didn't work, but it was just fascinating that it had so many things that you could do. You'd be in one position, then you'd move to another position, and then you'd move to another position. You know, it, 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 once you started rolling, it really didn't end until the timer went off or you, you tapped out. And there it just so many things that you could do. Yeah. I think, I think the guys, the, the group that we were in were a great group of people. They were a lot of fun. I remember laughing at the dojo almost all the time, you know, like we were always having a great fun. And, and you, you know, when you got better, everyone in the dojo was really excited for you. That, that same feeling of everybody being there for you, even though we, they didn't talk to you as much at the beginning, they still, you know, they were happy for your successes as, mm -hmm. as well. And I, don't know, I just, I, it was a great place to be, you know, it was, we were still at the very cutting edge of jujitsu and, in in the world you know um uh, it was the early days of pride the early days of the ufc still and you know we were there at the forefront when other people weren't doing it youtube just came out didn't it yeah yeah, yeah. youtube was just was just coming out really? so everybody was making all their all their instructional type of videos and i remember people coming into class and, and you know being like hey we just saw this move and eduardo would freak out you know that just stop listening to that shit. Dave Lutz. You got you need to come to class and and, and and you have a black belt right here. He goes, Who's teaching that shit? Or, or some blue belt from Alaska or some blue belt from wherever? He goes, you know, he you need to come to class. I teach you the real jujitsu. Yeah, but know? even 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 then though, even then some of the some of the top guys were the guys that were sitting there studying the stuff off hours. Joey Best again, oh, yeah. but, but, you know, like yeah, Joey. Yeah. Joey has. Well, you did it without Eduardo knowing. Well, of course, right. <laughs> well, he's going to know. <laughs> Joey supposedly has this repository of DVDs and videos that stretches back from the early '90s and even further. He supposedly has one of the most comprehensive videos of all the instructors of jujitsu ever. Like, I would just love to see all the stuff Joey's got on, on tape somewhere. Well, well Joey, if, if you're said, listening, we'd love to see it. And he hoards <laughs> it, well, too. He it's like gold. I don't, I don't have tapes, but I sure as hell have enough magazines. So I have uh, all my I, – I, after cleaning up the garage, I got like four or five bins of, of, of uh, magazines plus all the ones I have on, book, on, on bookshelves. I have – I have uh, karate magazines going back to like 1984 oh, when I started. Black Belt Magazine. Black Belt Magazine. And all of a sudden when the Gracies showed up, oh, things started changing a little bit. In Black oh, it Black did. Magazine. It was the funniest thing. <laughs> the funniest thing. So, but no, I'll, go, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go a little bit on, my, on what Mike was saying. I, 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 think, I think what you're going to find a lot of times is guys, especially who, who are a little bit older, and that trained in other martial arts and then came into jujitsu, uh, especially the time that we came in roughly, mm -hmm. uh, we were there just to train. 
And it was, if you got beat up, you got beat up. And that's the way it was. Nowadays, I don't know if, if, I don't know if, if, if it's that style. I mean, I, I, I still think a little bit, it's a little too friendly. You know, people are given, given stuff too quick. Uh, and I don't think that, I, I just think that's maybe the way society is. But, uh, you know, we were there and you had to stick it out before, like I said before, before people really warmed up to you. Mm-hmm. And then when they did warm up to you, it wasn't them showing you something. It was them telling you, stop doing what you're doing wrong. Well, what am I doing wrong? Whatever you're doing, you're doing wrong. Stop it. Yeah. So they do really they didn't even give you anything more than that. Just stop doing, doing any, what you're doing wrong. And you had to kind of piece things together until finally it was, okay, let me show you something. And I remember when Jeff Semenek did that. I mean, Je- you know, Jeff showed us different things, and then he would teach. One of the best things that ever happened sometimes was Eduardo would leave, leave, he would go home, or he let somebody else teach class. Mm-hmm. And then it was open season for them to, you know, oh, here, here's what I've been working on, or hey, let me show you this. And it was just a little bit different than what Eduardo was showing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, which would freak him out sometimes too. Why you should, crazy James Dorson was the best one for that. James, what, why James, don't listen to what James is. Only James can do his stupid shit. You know, don't listen <laughs> well, to James. Mind you, this, this is, is the true. same guy, this is the same guy that, that got a gold medal in, in blue, purple, brown, and black at the Pan Ams every single time. You know, like he would do some unorthodox stuff, but it would work. I remember one time, yeah. one time Eduardo sold to James. He's like, James, I just realized all the things you're doing, you're doing the same thing as I am, but you're doing it in a different way. Boom. <laughs> like, that was so profound. But it was true. But it was, it was the crazy James way. It was the crazy James way. He, he, don't, some, he doesn't know what some, he did. He just did it. We had some amazing characters that we grew up with, too. Like, that was another thing. Like, Butch is talking about Crazy James or Joey Best, Chris Reed, Mean Jeff. I mean, what kind of a nickname is Mean Jeff? That was his nickname, Mean Jeff. Jeff yeah. You know? Uh, you know, just just amazing, amazing people. Lucas. Eduardo, Eduardo's student, Lucas. What an unbelievable dude. Like, just a monster. A freak of jiu-jitsu. Absolute freak of jiu-jitsu. Hey guys, just wanted to take a moment to thank our newest sponsor, EpicJitsTees.com. He's got some really cool and unique designs. Go ahead and check them out. Make sure when you order to use promo code QUIGS, that's Q-U-I-G-G-S, at EpicJitsTees.com. Check them out. Now back to the show. So good. Well, and it's it's funny that you mentioned the uh, stop doing what you're doing wrong. Um, Because I'll never forget the first time I got hurt and I got trapped in an armbar. And you came over, you said, what did you do wrong? And I started going through every possibility of what I did wrong. And you were like, you got caught in it in the first place. Don't do that again. And it changed, <laughs> it just, it changed, okay. but it changed your mindset. And, you know, with you guys being in the position where you're at with the, you know, the dojo now, how important is for you to see that in the school and to see the knowledge that you guys have gained over, you know, decades um, and kind of pass that on to your students. That's no, very important. I mean, it's it's the it's the lifeblood of the dojo. That's what makes the dojo go. You know, is is watching everybody grow. And and 
you know, which is, we've been doing this for a long time. In our particular dojo, we've seen grow from, you know, the very humble beginnings to where we have a, a pretty mature dojo for this area, you know, and, and you walk in on any, any, when, any uh, Wednesday night for guard passing or a Friday night uh, or Sunday for the open mats, and, you know, it's just not going to be an easy walk in the park for people. No. There are some really, really strong jiu-jitsu players that we have on the mats. Awesome people, wonder, you know, so, so seeing everybody evolve and their game get better and better is wonderful. But also seeing, you know, everybody grow together as a group, grow together as friends, grow together as a family. Um, you know, it, it's right now, especially we're not supposed to talk about this, but we've been out of the dojo, you know, for a long time. Um, and people are just missing each other. You know, we miss the companionship. We miss our friendships. I miss going to the dojo every day and seeing people I love. You know, it's you, we're so important. I don't know we're so important, but people are so important to each other. Yeah. And it's such a wonderful thing to be a part of the jujitsu because you're hanging out with your friends, but you're also trying to kill your friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your friends are trying to kill you. You know, uh, and, and, and then you don't really get hurt. You get to tap out. You get to say uncle, you, you know, and then you get to do it again. Yeah, but, you know, I, I mean, I, and I totally agree with what Mike is saying. The best thing about jujitsu is that it's a, it's a challenging activity that, yes, it's just as much physically challenging, but, damn it, it's mental, too. Mm-hmm. Oh my it's God. mental to go through that, to go through that match. And... This, and, and not to sound a little hokey, but it does transcend just the mat. Absolutely. You can, you, you can use those challenging moments. The mo- I mean, and, and, you know, going back to my Joey Best story, the most daunting feeling in the world is having somebody on you when they are not getting off. Mm-hmm. And you've done everything you possibly can think of and physically can think of to try to get them off you and they're just not going. So now, how, how, does that, how does that work, okay? So, you know, that's where what we do on the mats can, can help you in everyday life. It can help you, you know, when you're going through those challenging times, thinking, man, I was under that, that so-and-so guy. He weighs 225 pounds, and I'm, 100, you know, 190, you know, you know, he can squash me like a bug but I was somehow able to figure out a way out of it. Mm-hmm. I can figure my way out of this too. So, I mean, that, that to me, that's been the most challenging thing with yeah. this is, is sure. it, it doesn't let my mind. It's, it's you know, very mentally frustrating, a little bit. especially, especially in the beginning, you know, like you, you have a particular move that you keep messing up over and over and over and over again. You, I can't tell you how many thousands of times Butch and I would be caught in side control against me and Jeff. And, and the, you look at his face, you know, shaking like that. We'd get our arm in one position and you knew it was over. You, you knew that the inevitable was coming and there really wasn't much you could do about it. You know, what happened? Well, I got there in the first place, back to your point. You know, you, you don't even realize at the time what you're doing wrong because your body doesn't understand it. Mm-mm. Then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I'm doing this. And, you know, but that takes months and months of training to get through. Yeah. And it's frustrating. It takes months and months of somebody telling you, do you know how I got you? You did this. And having to, 
like you said, train your body and not only train your body, train your mind. Because it is human chess and it's been referred to that over the years and there's no doubting that whatsoever. But you're right, it's it's playing somebody who's that much more superior, who's already got it set up so that he knows your next five moves before you do. Yeah, yeah but they're also, too, the, be the best feeling in the world and, and, and Matt you know, hopefully you'll get there someday. And I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a little bit there, but when I go into a match now, I, uh, unless I have something specific that I'm working on, I go into a match now and, you know, Mike and I rolled, you know, a, a little while ago. Uh, I don't think, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. It's let me just kind of see how this all materializes because yep. a lot, a lot of variables can go in where a lot of beginners think, well, I got to, pull guard or I need to do this or I need to do that I need to which is great at the beginning to think like that mm -hmm. but it's also great as you experience get more experience to where then things just start materializing but you, you but don't have you know, to think you have to go through that you have to go through those first stages butch right like yeah, 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 you, know, yeah. you have to you have, you, know, you think oh I have to pull guard because that's all you know. <laughs> you don't know the rest that you can fit in. And, and, and like you said, we've been in 17 you know, years. That's what happens. We'll start off something, and, and Butch and I will play, and we'll see where it goes. And we're not necessarily having a particular agenda. Now, there's different times when, of course, you train different agendas. I remember, I remember Eduardo going through training with us, and he'd be like, I'm going to get arm bars on all the, all the kids in the class and stuff like that that we had to focus on. But for the most part now, it's like Butch says, we just kind of start and feel and the the direction of the movement takes us to what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, people talk about as, uh, you know, you get up in rank, the, the higher ranks move slower. And it's not a matter of moving slower, it's just more so waiting for the other person to make a mistake, waiting for them to get careless and impatient. And I noticed that rolling with, with both of you because you're not looking at the person you're rolling with at all. You're looking over here. You're looking over there. You're not thinking, like you said, that, that white belt mentality. And we'll just call it white belt mentality. It, it can be carried to almost any belt. But that mentality of I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. Whereas, you know, Butch, like you said, now you're getting to the point where you, okay, I'm just going to see how this plays out. Well, look at those yeah. videos that we put that I put up about Eduardo today, and you watch how he moves. And you know, he's not rushing to anything. He gets to a position, and then he'll wait for a while. You know, he'll get to a good position, and he'll just hang out. Okay, I'm going to hang out here and see how this person moves. And up, oh, I'll follow it over, and I'll, I'll you know follow with the deep apps guard sweep or something like that. It's it. You just don't rush it, hmm. you know. And, and of course, and in terms of your rank, every rank has the experience that you have to go through it. When you're a white belt, you don't even know what you don't know. <laughs> then when you're a blue belt, you kind of have an idea of what you don't know. You're like, wow, I don't know anything. You know, this guy knows so much more and that guy knows so much more. When you get to purple, then all of a sudden you have a little bit of idea of what to do. Mm-hmm. Brown, I think, is uh, purple. Brown is more defense-oriented, you know, and, and adjusting your attacks. And then, of course, black is just all of it. You're doing everything out there. Mm -hmm. When you get to a purple, you can really begin to start to attack and attack and attack. And that leads into, into brown. When you're making a gourmet meal, if you take it out too soon, the meal's not done. It's the same way with somebody grappling. 
they need to go through that period of white belt, whatever length that period is, so they understand they don't know crap. They really, they just don't know. You need to go through blue belt. You need to get your ass kicked at blue belt over and over again, but then have some minor victories too and work your way up to purple belt. Then a purple belt, all of a sudden it's cheap. It's, it's not so much like you're not coming home frowning <laughs> as much anymore. Yeah. Like, oh my God, well, I got my ass kicked. And, you know, it, it becomes, also too purple. Also, too, Purple Belt, you're figuring out what, how you like to, what your style is. Yeah. I mean, you know, White Belt, you really don't have a style because you're just trying to figure out how, how in the hell you survive. Mm-hmm. Blue Belt, you're kind of doing the same because now the White Belts want to kill you because you're the next, you know, what, what, what did Eduardo always call us? The, the, the fish in the pond. The minnows. You know? say the minnows, the minnows eat the yeah. next one up. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. The what the white belts want to you you want to be a blue belt. So the way Eduardo told us that if you want it to be a blue belt, you beat the blue belts. Yep. You have to hang with the blue belts. Mm-hmm. So then you know that's how we did it more or less. And you know then you finally hit purple belt and you're like oh, okay. And then you start figuring out the difference how what you like to do, and then you kind of start formulating your 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 style or your game after what exactly exactly you like to do i mean i like to close guard and i close my guard and i wouldn't let you out of my damn guard to save my life i still i I don't do it as much anymore but i I will pull guard and not let you out and that's that's the craziest part about it is like you said it's it's a process and it's it's not for i don't want to say the weak but it's not for those without that drive to stick it out you know, like you said, there's a lot of people. There's too many people who quit at white. There's, you know, fewer people that quit at blue, fewer quit people that quit at purple, brown, etc. Like, I feel like I couldn't imagine quitting at brown, knowing I was that close. Like that to oh, me, no, no. <laughs> like no. you put all that work into it. So. I don't know. I don't know of anybody uh, right. I mean, that I can think off the top of my head that's that's quit at brown though. Mm-hmm. If not for if not for you know. Uh, a physical reason, or sometimes they just have a disagreement with the instructor and they leave. Yeah, there's. I know one. Uh, we, both, we both know one that quit at brown belt for that reason. Mm. You know, and that's unfortunate too, because then then you leave at brown belt, you go to a different academy, it doesn't feel the same, and you know, the next thing you know, the guy quit jujitsu. It's unfortunate because you know. Once you get black belt, and you've been a black belt for a while, not once you get black belt, but once you continue to train, I think that's really what it comes down to is just staying staying in it brings all these experiences that the only way that you're going to lose those is if you quit. Yeah. And and it doesn't matter how strong you are physically. It doesn't matter how weak you are physically. It matters of whether or not you're going to quit. Mm-hmm. And if you don't quit, you will make it. You will absolutely make it. Butch and I have seen people that have had handicaps, major handicaps, that just wouldn't quit and are still training today. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, secret. I, yeah, I, th- I think the, uh, you know, one of the quotes out there, one of the, the, the famous marketing ploys of, of our former uh, association that Mike and I were associated with is jujitsu for everyone. And personally, I don't like it because I don't think jujitsu is for everybody. I think you got to be a certain type of person. I, it is for everyone, okay? It is for everyone. But not but for anyone. Within that, 
but I think you have to be a certain type of person mm -hmm. to be able to do this art uh, for the for the demanding physicality of it, for the mental side of it. Uh, no, it's not for everybody. I mean, my wife, she would never do this. She has mm -hmm. no interest in jujitsu. My kids have no interest in jujitsu. They do something else. So you got to have a certain mindset. And the people that are in jujitsu are are a unique breed. We are a unique breed because how many people do you know that like, you know, wrestling around on the ground with people more or less mm -hmm. is what it comes down to. It's a very physically intimate uh, activity. Um, so you have to have that certain mindset to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. It is for certain people. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, what do you think? I don't know. It's 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 hard, you know. I like I'm completely enmeshed in jujitsu. It's a it's a big part of who I am. It's I, I can't see not being in jujitsu and until you know I, I pass. Um I wish that everyone could do it. You know, I, I agree with you, Butch. I think that I think it's not for everyone. I wish everyone could do it and experience the 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 gifts that you get from it. Um you know, I've seen my son grow up in it. I've been teaching kids for 30 years, and I've, I've watched these kids grow up in it and have it there as as a tool to use for confidence. And I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm happy. I'm happy to be a part of it. You know, it always presents you with challenges at every level. You you, you know, we're young men for a while training in it. It's one thing, and then we get to be you know older men, and we're training in it. And it's it's a different focus now. You know, but at the end, we're still down there grinding with everybody else, you know, sweating and bleeding and, you know, pushing through on guard passing night or whatever. It's just a it's a it's a wonderful hobby. It's and it's not I mean, to say it's a hobby is, you know, does it disservice. It's a wonderful way of life. Yeah. No, I, 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 to I totally agree with you, Mike. And I, I we've we've had this discussion, too. I'll probably die on the mats with you. So. <laughs> Unless somebody killed me on the mats beforehand. So, if we're lucky, yeah. I can't, you know, it would be, it would be, uh, you know, be something. And, and I mean, I, I train, I, you know, I mean, obviously everybody knows it, but I mean, I do train in another martial art as well. And I'll train in that and I'll, and I'll always be in jujitsu. I, I don't foresee that going anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, me ever stopping training. I mean, it, it, like Mike just said, I mean, it's going to be, it, it's a different way we train and it's, it's going to have to be a different way we train as we get older, because you can't train like you're 20 when you're 50, or you can't train like you're 30 when you're 70, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, our, our training will have to be modified, but we're probably 10 times better than the next guy because we're out on the mats doing something. Oh, and yeah. We're out on, we're, we're training. Well, that's, that's a brotherhood that we share with people from all around the world, too. You know, is is that you know? Almost every time I meet someone from jujitsu or that does jujitsu or whatever, it's a, like, hey, you do jujitsu? Oh, I do too. Who's your teacher? Blah, blah blah. You know, it's a positive thing. Every now and then, you get you know someone that ruffles your feathers the wrong way. But I think for the most part, uh, you know, I, I look at Victor, who's over in in uh, in Germany. Um, prior to prior to the pandemic, you know, every other weekend, Victor was traveling around to a different city in Europe. Yeah. 
the black belt, going into these dojos, meeting these wonderful people, these wonderful jujitsu people, making new friends all over the world. I mean, you know, that's fantastic. You, you can't say that with a lot. No, not at all. I, I tell you, one, one, of, one of the first things I, I typically do is uh, now is whenever we plan a family vacation, it's uh, I, I, one of the first things I ask my wife is, uh, I need at least the day of training. Yep. Yep. And it's like, and I find out where we're going and I find out where there's a school. I did it. I did it when we went to Boone, North Carolina. I, I, I trained up at Boondocks up there in Boone, North Carolina. When we went up to New York. That's a pastor school, right? Uh, is that, did you go to Bobby's school? No. Oh, I thought, cause no. he's in North Carolina. Yeah, no, this is out by Appalachian State. Hmm. You also with Ron Gentile up in New York. Ron Gentile up in New York. You know, uh, you know. So wherever you go, wherever you go, you know, there's a jujitsu school close enough. You can you can hopefully get some training in, mm -hmm. uh, if, if it if time affords you. But I and you know, I mean, just being at the school, we get guests coming in all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, from out of state. You know, or hey, my parents live down the road. I'm just visiting. You know. You usually don't have to pay premium either. <laughs> Do what? I said if you go to the eclectic ones and not like the 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 ones that are associated with the with the big club names, you probably yeah. pay a more reasonable mat fee too. <laughs> yeah, true, or not at all. Right. Well, and I I love that because, like you said, planning, you know, jujitsu doesn't have to stay in one spot. It goes with you. You know, it carries with you. And like you said, you know, nowadays, a lot more people are cross-training. They're going to other gyms. And I know, you know, it's a big family environment. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all training the same thing. We're all learning yeah. the same trade. Uh, if we want to go, you know, break it down that easily. Uh, but it's really just, you know, take it with you. I love, I love what you're doing. And I probably will do that the next time I go on a trip, Butch. So. <laughs> and, and, and you know, Matt, it, it, when you just said that, I think the difference between jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and, and every other martial art, and I've, I've trained in, what, two, uh, you know, two different styles of, of, of karate, I, taekwondo, mm -hmm. is you can't jump from one karate style and say, well, I'm on vacation. Hey, I, I'm, I'm going to that karate school down there. Mm -hmm. Typically, you have to stay within your own style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, you just you can't do that in other arts. In jujitsu, it doesn't matter whether you're Gracie Baja Alliance, you know, you're Newport Richie Jujitsu, you're you're this, you're that. Oh, there's the jujitsu school. Okay, you go in, you talk to them. Hey, what what's the first question? Yet? You got a uniform? Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. You want to train? That that's what. They said, where's your gi? Where's your gi? Where's your gi? Oh, I only have shorts. Okay, that's no problem. Uh, you train in shorts then. Yeah. You know, you can get out on the mats and you can train with anybody regardless of affiliation or style of jujitsu. It's, it's, it's that it's, and, and don't be a dick. Yeah. When you go to another school, don't be, a, you know, if you go in and you're a nice person, you have a great time. They'll welcome you back a million times. We have people that come yeah. back to the academy every year because we've been we've been open armed and we're very welcoming. 
But you know, you go to an academy and you think your your shit doesn't stink and you're a dick to people. <laughs> you're either going to get broken or you're never going to be invited back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and on the subject of stories, from what I understand, oh. Mike has a pretty good one about a certain individual. And we're going to uh, see we if... We were talking about this the other night, Butch, about um, Mr. Agazom. Oh, God. <laughs> You're going to go there. Okay. No, no. I was talking about, I was telling Matt, I was telling Matt, like, it would be so awesome to have a podcast just devoted to all the stories I have of him because well, it would. Spend a lot of t- you spent a lot of time with him over the years. I didn't oh, spend yeah. that much time with AJ mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah. I spent a, I and spent I, a lot I, of time. and I always got along with him. I never I I uh I mean now it, you know one of the one of the references I always say is people are like you know I said do you ever watch UFC or do you ever watch fighting on I'm like oh yeah I said well have you ever seen AJ Arizon and they they're like oh yeah I've seen him or I know who he is especially if you're from this area I said yeah I trained with him back when he was a kid high school kid so, <laughs> he, you know, he hated the gee when he first came to the academy oh, yeah. He hated the gi. He had black hair. He was a wrestler. He was a wrestler. He hated the gi. Absolutely couldn't stand it. And, and you know, that's one of the – he loves the gi. He's excellent at the gi. He's phenomenal at the gi. Yeah, I remember, remember when, he was, when, he was, uh, when he was a blue belt, he won, oh, the world, he won the Worlds as a blue belt, and he won the Pan Ams as a blue belt that year. I mean, he was he, – he was, he is a phenomenal jiu-jitsu athlete. No question about it. Mm-hmm. Training with AJ, we would train with AJ, and he could go and go and go. And, you know, when I first started training with him, I was a, a lot younger. And I would, I, you know, had a decent amount of, of cardio and stuff and strength. But then because of his wrestling and because of his conditioning, he would always amp it up, amp it up, and then you could, he'd wait till you break. And then once you broke and he felt you physically break, then it was all over. He just steamrolled you. And he t- and he had that mentality of he didn't he didn't care whether he got choked unconscious he was not giving up he got was not going to give you the satisfaction and, and of, arm, of giving up his arm bars the, he would people would put him in an arm bar I remember Kevin Peterson talking about this too like AJ would not tap to an arm bar his arm would be bowed so it's like bowed and he would just not tap and he'd get out all the time crazy well and it's yeah so <laughs> i don't know, i now i just have a horrible arm uh, bending in my my head there oh oh listen yeah i would i there were several times where i was watching aj get on board and I, i'm like oh my god it's gonna break it's gonna break and how in the hell he got out i have no idea he just you know got out well and the last thing I want to say is, you know, if there's one thing you could tell somebody who, you know, is just getting into jujitsu or, you know, kind of fell off that wagon, like, what's that one thing you could tell them to kind of bring them back in and, um, you know, help them understand or, you know, get back into it? Come back. You know, just, just come back. Whatever training, you know, training makes you a better person. You know, if you're not, if you're not, if you have an uncomfortable situation at the dojo you're in, you had a falling out with your instructor, okay, whatever, go to a different, go to a different academy and, and train. You know, I don't know. It's, there's so many things to say. It just, it, it's, there will be so many benefits that you will have 
that are positive in your life. Eduardo used to say that say to us, he never saw anybody that quit jujitsu that continued to progress really positive in life. Like when they stopped jujitsu, they never, they never, you know, they were doing the same thing. They never got better in life. Everybody he said that he's seen stay in jujitsu, their life's gotten better. Their life's gotten better. Their life's gotten better. You're around good people all the time. You're training. You're 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 honing your mistakes both mentally and physically. You know, it's it's a positive thing. It's a really, really good thing. And I'll tell you something else too. Put your kids in it. it, it they should have that mandated across the country that kids should train. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, the kids that train jujitsu and have been with it over years and again Butch Butch has seen them as well. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing what it does for the kids. Yeah, absolutely. No, I and I well, you've, I, seen, I, it, I you've totally, seen it with Eli. You've seen it with your own nephew. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, different nephew, kid. Nephew yeah. And he's good. <laughs> Keep in mind, he, to anybody who doesn't know, my nephew's four. So. Oh, <laughs> At least five. He's a little million. He, yeah. he will choke your ass out. <laughs> he, it, seriously, I watch Eli fight, and I'm like, I have to, I have to be careful that he doesn't hurt some of the kids he goes with. <laughs> You ever seen a match between him and Caleb and Damien? Hmm. The three of those those three are all around the same age and the same height together. Damien, Caleb, and Eli. And oh my God, I'm sure your sister's got video. You should watch it. It is so technical; it's unbelievable. Yeah. I can't wait to start teaching them again. I miss them. <laughs> all right, bitch. Butch, your turn. Butch. <laughs> <laughs> It's your turn, Butch. What would you say to somebody that they can stay in jujitsu? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I would actually, I would probably just say, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with Mike exactly. I mean, come on back. I mean, if it's a, if it's a, uh, if it's a personal thing with an instructor, that the reason you left. There's a, there's a lot of schools now. I mean, when I started, there was Eduardo and Rob Kahn. One on no, 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 no. When you started, there was Eduardo. Eduardo, okay. That was and it. Rob Con shortly after that, then. Two years. Wow. Was he two years after that? He didn't. He didn't come until Hercules because remember, remember that. Really. Yeah, because um, remember that the the Travis and his dad were training with us over in Hercules. And they yeah, brought, but that wasn't. Yeah, remember that? I remember Travis and his dad. Yeah, yeah. Nagel. Yeah, they were they were training yeah. with Eduardo, and they brought Rob in town, and then you know they started the Gracie Tampa. But Eduardo was here in two thousand. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, but still, I mean, you know, even even back then there was only uh, a, you know sparse amount of people. Now you have jujitsu schools everywhere. Look at what it is in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. So. You know, find a school that fits your personality, what you want. It, it was funny because I was talking to a guy that, and I haven't talked to him since, but he, he was looking at training again, and he trained with Mike and I uh, back years and years ago. And I actually know uh, there's a guy I trained with at Aikido that knows him through the police department, mm-hmm. but he Who's got that? injured at another school. Huh? Who's that, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, and I hadn't talked to him. He's got other personal things going on in his life, but, but uh, you know, I talked to him and I said, "Come back." He goes, "Well, you know, I'm, 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 
you know, scared, not scared, but I'm hesitant to come mm -hmm. back because I don't want to, I don't want to have another injury. My wife has basically said no more injuries. He's got to get up and go to work in the morning, mm -hmm. you know, just like all of us do. So, you know, I said, listen, you come train with us, you know, come train with me. You know me. He goes, I, he knows, I, he goes, I know you. He goes, I'll train with you. I said, I'll tell you who to train with, who to stay away from, you know, just out of sheer, you know, something like that. So go to a school that you feel comfortable with that fits your personal needs, but train, just train. It'll help you. It'll help you just with everyday life, you know, clear your mind if anything. And it's a good way to get out of the house and do something constructive, you know, so you're not cooped up all the time in your house or whatever. And if you don't like other sports, like I don't like personally running, I don't like lifting weights. This is my running and lifting weights in one, you know. He likes he likes lifting 12, 12 ounce cans. <laughs> well, uh, usually my corona, my, my corona. So I, oh, you know, no, I, I he broke the rule. The coronavirus. He broke the rule. <laughs> I know. Well, he did. He already did. He didn't mention it by name. So I'm going to get you on a technicality that there. <laughs> What's going on now? Yeah, it's, you know, you, you have just on the individual day-to-day -day basis of training, that hour to hour and a half that you spend in training, you forget about the rest of your life, you forget about the rest of the problems that you have in your life, especially when you're in the sparring time. You know, when you're focusing on technique, you're, you're hopefully your mind isn't at home, still trapped in the argument that you had with your, your girlfriend or your spouse or whatever. You know, you forgot your crappy day at work, you're there focusing on the technique. Then you go into the drilling section and the guard passing, and then you go into fighting. Let me tell you, if you're in the middle of a fight, someone's kicking your butt, you're not thinking about work at all. Nope. Not at all. You're just thinking about how you yeah. survive. And you're, and you're driving home going, man, that was good, or like, yeah. oh, I yep. learned this, or I did that. You're yeah. not thinking about that. But like you said, the argument's gone. You know, the bad day yeah. is gone. You know, what I, what I think a lot of people uh, a lot of people do, and, I, and, and um, my – wife's cousin's husband just started training with us actually before all this started he, he came to a couple classes and he uh, you know after this is all over he's gonna he, he i actually was talking to his wife yesterday and she's like yeah he can't wait to get back i said yeah just like all of us mm -hmm. but i told him i said listen i said even with the family uh, and i think this gets uh, um i'm at 10 percent battery so hopefully i don't lose you guys but anyway no. uh so but I think this gets lost on a lot of people is you could be there for your wife. You can be there for your kids. You can be there for, you know, your family, but you still need you time. You still need to do what's best for you. Absolutely. And you need, you need time to be, whether it, you know, you need time to be a guy, you need time to be a girl. You need time to get away from all those other distractions in life and just do something that's best for you. Um, I think that's lost on, on a little bit, of, a little bit nowadays where, you know, uh, with this whole, you know, we all got to be together all the time. No, you know what? I need my time too. I need my time yep. to do what I like to do. And, you know, I think that, that for me, it's kept me sane. I, I, I like coming to the school. I, you know, I like talking to all, everybody. If, I mean, I don't get in any training. That's fine. At least I got to talk to everybody that night, you know. Yeah. But typically, I usually just train and talk to people as I go by and make fun of people. So <laughs> sounds about right. Well, 
on that note, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Gentlemen, thank you so much. I know. No, Mike gets the last word. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I don't want the last <laughs> word. Book can get the last word. I'm perfectly fine with that. Matt, thank you so much. We had an awesome time talking with you. Yes, thank Being you. Being able to see you <laughs> still again. And, you know, I can't wait till this is all over. We're back to our Wednesday nights and grinding it out like we always do. Absolutely. So thank you again, Professor Butch Leonard White, Professor Mike Gary, Newport Ritchie Jiu-Jitsu Academy. Thank you, guys. See you, brother. Take care. Right. Bye, guys. Thanks.